Got some preconceived notions About what it's gonna take to love you I got my head in the clouds Cause I'm about to love you So go home And play with me So go home And play with me Good morning and welcome to episode 261 of Taking the Charge Podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. David Hine of Hine News, thank you for stopping by. Uh, I know this might sound strange, but um, I guess it had to do last week was uh, just pretty crazy knowing that I had to um, do work. And everything else being in Tel Aviv, um, but uh, totally did not realize that last week was the five-year anniversary of doing the show, and didn't realize that until uh, really until just five minutes ago when I was uh, trying to calculate. I knew it was five years was coming up, and and, um, and then did two sixty. 261 and 52 plus 52 and all that and figured out that actually last week's show was uh five years so um i guess uh guess kind of blew right through that one um thank you for 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 those who may have been around for five years there might be one or two of you guys um thank you very much appreciate it for anybody who's been uh around for more than an episode thank you for 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 doing it um uh, it 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 really does mean a lot to have people listening to the show. Um, it's it's always been a little bit uh, a little bit disappointing that there hasn't been as much feedback as as uh, had hoped. Um, but uh, you know, just kind of putting the show out there and letting people enjoy the interviews. You know, ever since ever since Oz left, uh, kind of uh, been doing it. Uh, concentrating more on the shows, uh, on the interviews, and uh, just you know a little bit of analysis here and there. Not not really all that much uh, per se, but um, you know put it put in my two cents worth on on some things. I uh, hope you've been enjoying it. Um, and um, yeah, two sixty. You know, I had hoped to maybe do something a, a little bit uh, a little bit special, a little bit different uh, for the five year anniversary. Um, and, uh, but I guess, uh, guess that's what happens when everyday life, uh, just comes and, and, uh, you just don't even realize what's going on. So, um, yeah, five years, uh, uh, come and gone. And, um, you know, I, I'm not somebody who, who totally believes in, uh, you know, oh, time flies so fast, you know, a lot happens in a year, a lot happens in, in 52 weeks and uh, a lot happens in 260 weeks and so you know there's a lot of um yeah there's a lot of uh of uh of really nice interviews out there to go back and listen to uh i hope that uh hope that uh, you are enjoying it and um have a have a have a look at the the eurobasket 2017 
that's going on right now in Istanbul. Uh, I am back home, like I mentioned, and uh, am following the action from from here in Germany. And uh, and happy to be home. And uh, it's uh, you know it's a, it's a nice it's a nice uh, it was a nice uh, getaway, if you will. And now uh, come back home and and being able to enjoy the games from here. Of course, it's not watch the same as watching the games, you know, live. But uh, it's still pretty, uh, pretty fantastic uh, tournament, and uh, really enjoyed it in Tel Aviv, and and also really enjoying it now at home. And um, if you let's just take care of some housekeeping. Uh, if you want to uh, get in contact with the show, best way is probably Twitter. Uh, handle is at High News. H-E-I-N-N-E-W-S. There's the Facebook group. Um, you can go to uh, go to the search bar, put in Taking the Charge podcast. You can go in there and uh, join the group there. You can go to the website, highnews.com. The email is highnews at gmx.de. And uh, you can go to iTunes, rate and review the show. And you can go to Patreon, become a supporter of the show. Show your love of the work that I've put in uh, over five years now. Uh, go to patreon.com slash taking the charge. That would be uh, very appreciative. Uh, yeah, so Eurobasket. And, um, you know, we're in the second half of the quarterfinals, two quarterfinals going on tonight in a couple hours. You have Greece going up against France. And then in the final quarterfinal, you have Italy against Serbia. The two winners of those two will face off in the second semifinal. First semifinal is Slovenia against Spain. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to really go too much into depth uh, on those uh, on the tournaments since uh, that uh, is really the topic of the interview. Uh, I had a chance to talk today to Emmett Ryan, the uh, who runs BallInEurope.com. Uh, listeners of the show, you know, should uh, know Emmett Ryan. Um, you know, great site there, basket, uh, BallInEurope.com. Been on a couple episodes before, 54 and 187. So if you want to go back and, and listen to, to those shows, you know, go check those out, 54 and 187. Um, yeah, he's in Istanbul, and uh, we kind of just uh, talk uh, about the tournament that uh, that is uh, going on. Uh, sorry, a little bit, a uh, little forewarning about the sound quality, um, had been a little bit, dis- uh, had been struggling a little bit today with the, with that. And, uh, there are some patches that are a little less, uh, comprehensible. I think you can understand pretty much anything. There's one phase in there where you got to kind of concentrate a little bit more, but, uh, and in general, I think it's, I think it's pretty decent. The sound quality, uh, obviously, you know, uh, Emmett's Emmett's stuff is always great. So, without further ado, Emmett Ryan from BallInEurope.com. Uh, enjoy it, and we'll talk to you on the other side. So, on the show this week for a third time, welcome back to Emmett Ryan from Ball in Europe. Uh, Emmett, thanks for coming back. Hi, Dave. Great to be on again here. And it's a little too warm for me. 
for my liking, though, I have to, I have to admit. Yeah, I can imagine that um, the the temperatures are rising just as the level of basketball is rising as well, right? Just about on the latter front, because I'll be honest with you, like, the, the weekend uh, play, like the last six, uh, obviously we'll get to those games in more detail uh, later on, but like they left a bit to be desired in terms of like quality and or competition. Uh, quarterfinal, of course, day one was Tuesday, and we're recording this on Wednesday. And uh, Spain and Germany, Germany kept it closed for a while, well, for a long while, kept it in the balance, and then Spain turned it on for like literally three minutes at the end of the third and end of the game. Yeah. But we finally, finally, finally got our absolute epic classic slobber knocker. Everybody does everything, like comes as advertised, Slovenia and Latvia, and it made all the waiting worth it. And that game last night was just amazing. Uh, let's come back. To, let's come back to that um, in a second. Let's. Let's um, let's go back to the the round of sixteen. You brought it up that uh, it kind of lacked in, um, I guess, in big gameness. Uh, I mean, really, you know, you had you had the Germany France game, and uh, probably I, I think you could uh, say a little bit of that uh, Greece Lithuania game. Um, even though the result kind of looked a little bit different, uh, you know, doesn't look, didn't look as, as tight as it actually was. Um, your general thoughts about the 16, I, I, it seems to me that really other than, um, other than Georgia, probably everybody got through who should have gotten through. I don't think, you know, you can argue that maybe the checks, but you know, there was no, there was no Vesely. So, um, you could probably argue that, that they didn't necessarily, um, have the firepower, you know, Georgia, um, you know, they, they probably would have given, uh, Slovenia a little bit more of a fight, I think, than Ukraine, but in general, I think everybody kind of got through that you expected to go, to go through. Um, but that 16, you know, you know, didn't really live up to much of it. What, what were your some of your highlights that you remember from the 16s, though? Uh, well, it was oddly that uh, Slovenia-Ukraine game to some degree was a highlight purely because, uh, you know, we got to see Doncic just go off. Uh, uh, sort of an anti-highlight was Italy and Finland because while it was great to see Italy, you know, just uh, put in a top quality performance, that was when the games we were hoping would be competitive, and so getting killed so soon kind of hurt that that first day of action in many respects. Like Germany, France, it was dramatic, but there was a lot of you know, hmm, stuff. About it. Probably probably the best in the last sixteen by quite a margin, though all the same. Turkey, like so, the crowd was what really made that game against Spain because they hung with Spain for large periods. But when Spain found their their moments, like they just could easily ease out in front of Turkey. I was like, the, you know, I should be raving about is Greece Lithuania. But the reason that game was tight was because it was bad in many respects. Like both teams got awfully cautious. But seriously, Lithuania were totally lacking creativity, and you dispel from like the start of the second quarter to five minutes into the third. 
which was essentially when Lucas decided, I am going to win this game single-handedly and I am going to save the sport of basketball because people have suffered enough for the last 15 minutes of basketball here. And uh, Lithuania had no answer, essentially. And, you know, so like it was a real total around his exchange. Like, there was no game coming out of it where it's kind of going, oh, yeah, really enjoyed that. Even this Germany-France game, like, Evan Fournier's like one, you know, sort of Rambo finish did really make that game in many respects because, like Germany were just good. Like that was the bottom line. And France had a fine first, I suppose, like twenty minutes. But like when Germany got it together, France did what they've been doing all tournament, which just completely fall apart. And uh, you know, it, it, like the, the results were interesting. The actual basketball, I think, in the round of sixteen. There was an awful lot of guys decided they'd come across from Istanbul and actually leave all the the, the fun things they'd done during the group stage behind. And I suppose, in many respects, Tuesday did certainly make up for that. All right, let's move to Tuesday because I know you want to move to Tuesday so bad. <laughs> um, well, well, I hated the weekend. I have to admit, I hated the weekend. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so 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 Germany, you know, um, Germany were in my group, and and I thought that you know, whenever you have a dominant point guard, you always have a chance to win, win uh, to go to go kind of far in this tournament, um, and uh, you know, I I I like the way that that Schroeder was really trying to play, you know, as much as he could within himself. Uh, he, he he goes at a higher speed than anybody else on that team. You know, Tice is, I guess, close a little bit, but, you know, he's just, you know, uh, he's really at a little bit, he's at a different level as everybody else on the team. Not as much as Dirk compared to everybody else back in those years, but he is still uh, at a higher level. Um, and, and, and really, you know, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if Mark Gazzol didn't have those three minutes where he had those, those threes in the three point play, you know, scored 12 points in three minutes and, and, and kind of, you know, broke the game open. It had been a tied game, you know, 50, 50. And then it was, um, I think it was a, a 12 point game. And then, you know, they just kind of managed it in, in the, in, in the fourth quarter, Spain being, you know, just top to bottom that much better. Um, Maybe just in general, your thoughts about Germany, uh, you know, that was the second game you saw. What do you think? You know, there's, there are some high hopes uh, that Germany can kind of take it to uh, another level sooner um, rather than later, you know, uh, next couple of competitions. You know, maybe your thoughts about how, how Germany, what your thoughts about how, how Germany kind of are stacking up now and then um, and then. Were you impressed at all with Spain, or did you just just sort of say, you know what, um, you know they really only played how how they how they could, you know they didn't really impress that much. Well, so let's start with Germany. Like, there's a lot to like. As uh, listen to the the Euroleague Adventures guys pointed out, there's no one who's even thirty on that German side. Mm-hmm. Now, still will be like sort of late tier veterans by 2021 Euro and obviously, you know, there's the World Cup qualifiers in between. But, like, you kind of go, there's a lot of youth in this side and a lot of promising movement, like, because you'll have Matt Lowe will be 28 the next year of basket, Dennis Schroeder, 27. These are guys who will be in their peak years. Feist will be 29, I think. You know, Voigtman are around the same. Uh, so you're going to be having, like, some serious players in their absolute peak years for the next year of basket. And they've just had a very good year of basket. So there's a lot to like, you know, in terms of potential for Germany. Like, with Schroeder... It's just he's 
whatever you think about his game, like whether you agree with the decisions he makes or you know the type of stuff he does, the one thing no one can argue with is the guy is just pure excitement. Like he is a born competitor. His attitude is basically, I have a ball. You're in front of me. There's the basket. Let's see who wins. And that to me is just so you know it's pure competitor mentality. And uh, you know it's it's great to watch. Like and you even saw the first game before that Spain game, where you know. Things didn't go wrong right for him, and then he got it together. And when he got it together, France had no answer. And uh, you know, again against Spain, like you know, he was, well, I suppose what jumped out Germany against Spain was just how smooth they could be, and not just Dennis, because like that opening quarter and a half of basketball, Germany did not have to push it too hard at all. Really, the first two quarters actually in full, like Germany were picking their spots, but they weren't having to like really go up, go 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 to war against Spain in many respects. They were being able to find their shots comfortably. And, uh, you know, a lot of that came down to how, like, slow Spain were, essentially. They just weren't Spain in that game. But, you know, there was a lot to like about sort of the maturity on the floor from a very young roster, relatively speaking, from Germany. Like, there weren't that many, you know, sort of old heads to control things. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was really nice. Spain. Um, oh, man. Like, really. Uh, because I, I, I just, I, I figured out the Turkey game where they made incredibly hard work of Turkey. That they would come, they would just bring it to Germany for the start. Like Germans, like you know, not saying they'd like it for Spain to do that. To see how they got a lot better, and Spain were so so flat, so so flat. And like I remember, like Juan Gomez talking to me after the Turkey game, and I asked him, "Is there any extra pressure with the favourites?" And Juan showed me the we say we're the favourites, and I'm like, "Oh, come on." Everyone says you're the favorites. Like, you know, people expect Spain to win this tournament with quite a bit of comfort. <coughs> Pardon me. And, uh, you know, to you, that's kind of go, I know you're trying to be polite, but like, you know, a little bit of realism, Wancho. And so then, like, that game, like yesterday, for the first 27 minutes, we were seeing Spain. And, like, obviously, Mark went off, but I think a lot of it came down to, like, Chacho just put the foot down. Sergio Rodriguez said, we need to play at an accelerated pace and see if Germany can live with us. And by the time Chris Army had a chance to make an adjustment, the game had already been won. Like, that's how fast Spain can go when they want to. Like, Pau had been being Pau for most of the, you know, the game up to then. He was essentially the reason Spain weren't substantially behind Germany at that point, to be honest, because otherwise... Because it felt like Pau had scored like 37 points in Spain's first 50. He'd only scored 14, uh, you know. But it just felt like he was the only offensive option for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's like, like I was saying to you on Twitter yesterday, Dave, like, you know, Mark had those like four from six threes, but he still managed to fit in like, you know, a violent air ball three, which Pau caught under the rim and then flipped out to Chacha for a three. So strange, strange game. But, uh, you know, a lot to like in Germany. I really do mean that because... You know, you see the potential and you see sort of, you know, Daniel Stysik has shown that he's definitely going to have a shot to, like, prove he belongs to the Celtics this year. Like, you know, the France game did out for him. Not as good against Spain, but still looked like he could, like, you know, have those kinds of players. So, good for him. Voitman, I suppose, I expected a lot more from him against Spain. I just didn't get it. Like, I hope that, like, you know, that, that, that improves through the season because I think if things go right for him this year, he's going to get a chance to get an NBA look in the summer. Um, all right, let's let's go to the show. Um, you know, everybody, you know, everybody wanted to see, you know, Doncic against Porzingis, you know, you know, Dragic, 
Um, Tim has been playing fantastic. Uh, the Bertrand's brothers. 103.97. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful that the the foul trouble that had been sort of um, looking like it may be an issue um, didn't really, uh, you know, I mean, you do have a couple of guys that fouled out, but, you know, um, actually, actually, I see that four guys. Including Slovenia's own Anthony Handoff. So, so Slovenian here, a legend. Actually, it looks like seven, six guys fouled out. But, um, oh, wow. Um, actually, I'd, it'd be interesting to find out when those guys fouled out and, and just, you know, it was, you know, Doncic was, was so fantastic. I, I, I'm really disappointed that I couldn't be in Finland. I'm really, you know, kind of, uh, kind of disappointed. I can't be there to, to see, see him live there in Istanbul. Um, why don't you start with Doncic and then I guess, you know, go to either Dragic or, 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 um, or Porzingis, uh, whichever you're you're choosing, um, and then you know in the whole in the in the whole meantime, just just wrapping up your thoughts about this uh, this really wonderful game to watch. And and if anybody, you know, the highlights, you know, they don't do it justice. Go back and really watch it um, uh, if you have a chance. What is that? Great. Oh, so so great because it was king of runs like you know Slovenia yeah, with the first totally. run mm-hmm. then Latvia then Slovenia and I mean they both just kept on coming at each other uh, and that's what we kind of we were hoping we would get that sort of a game and but like it was one of those things where you know you don't want to hope too much for nice things and so because when you get those nice things it's like oh my we got the amazing thing uh, and we really did like 200 points a game 56 sorry 106 in the first half alone and uh, yeah, Luca. Because I suppose like what jumped out for me, Luca, was because you think they you were for the final four this year, and in the same arena, Luca, he just stank up the joints. Like he didn't make a shot, he didn't point. He get two bad games. Now I know no occurs in the third place game, but uh, still, it was an experience to come into the same arena. Now obviously, much much empty, uh, and uh, you know they're. We had the great game against Ukraine, but like you, they're kind of you know roll Ukraine. But then come out against Latvia and do that. Like he had a rough start, like the first couple of minutes. He you know, tried to force it a little bit too much on the ball, just sort of reminiscent of that of that you know semi final with uh, Fenerbahce. You're kind of going, oh oh dude dude dude, and uh, then you know like a couple of plays later, oh, you know, Luke in Luka mode now. It's, it's fine, it's fine. And he just kept on going. Like, 27 points and nine rebounds just do not tell a story of just how smart he played this game. Like, you know, the shutdown of Tim at the rim leading to him, you know, with the pull-up J over, 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 over Porzingis. Like, there were so many moments. And the thing is, like, Dragic had had a great game, but, like, in the closing moments when Dragic, you could see the tiredness there, you know, Luka Doncic, like, you know, takes over like for the man who had, it was. I, I was doing the whole Star Wars analogy on Twitter last night, uh, like for the man who had sort of basically been like you know as a Slovenian, like the guy he'd looked up to as a kid, like you know, and Goran started out as a pro. Luka Doncic was six, uh, you know, it's like if that even, and uh, like uh, you know, it's like actually possibly younger because of course Goran would have probably before he was eighteen, and so yeah, yeah, that's the level we're talking here. And so it's like, 
this is like you know the guy you'd have been looking at as a as a, as a young Slovenian as to who's the, who's who's the talent. Luca just sort of said, "It's okay, dude. I got this," and he just did. And it was before we get to their players. The thing to bear in mind: loads of people had Slovenia and Slovenia down as sexy dark horse medal candidates mm-hmm. for the tournament, mm-hmm. and. By the end of the group phase, Slovenia were clear medal candidates and Latvia were mostly shorn of the dark horse label. And we saw why in this game, because the level they were able to bring it to, like, you know, you, you realize just how few teams there are that could bring it to that level last night. And, you know, you're talking about two countries, combined population of under 4 million people uh, to be able to deliver that sort of talent on a floor. It was just great, Dave. Uh, and Dundrich is 18. He could have been playing the Adidas Next Generation Tournament uh, Final Four there as well uh, in the uh, in Istanbul um, a couple of months ago. Uh, just maybe, and, and you know, he hit he hit four free throws to ice the game in the final 21 seconds. Um, what are you most excited about watching how he develops in the next? year let's not go further than that let's just go one year because the development that he that he goes through is is so is so fast um what are you kind of you know really looking forward to watching yeah we'll come back to the basket of course but you know just the development that he's going to go through in the next year What, what are you kind of watching um as as uh I'm not going to say things that it needs to work on because he's still only 18 and there's plenty of things, but yeah. what are you kind of like kind of zeroing in on? Say, you know, I want to see how, how he does with this. Well, there's two things. And the first, it sounds like it needs to work on, but I don't actually mean it that way. Is like the defensive side, I think we've seen like sort of towards the back end of last season and definitely this tournament, it's taken a step up. Like, cause the question with him, and it's a question with all kids is, is the defensive, you know, skill and presence there. And I think we've really seen that, like, sort of step up, like, you know, as as, as a Euro wing, he's getting to that other level, like, you know, and he's sort of, it's sort of Adam Hanger mentality, not, not not Adam Hanger physicality yet, but sort of, you know, that where you are and when you move is as important as what you actually do when you do those things. And, like, getting that part down in his game very, very nicely. And the other part as well is essentially his, you know, on-ball leadership, like, when the ball's in his hand, when it's his time to take charge, you know, as the guy sort of setting up the offense, because, you know, he's going to be down at Sergio U before most of the season to come. Uh, although he will have Campazzo, so he'll be fine in that respect. Uh, you know, it's like sort of, you know, you know, how does he perform there? Like, cause I was saying to Philip Profakiev uh, from Russia that he may end up being free in the NBA. It's a bizarre thing because of, sort of the build he's putting together now. Like, even though he's initially being seen as a point guard, he can play the three positions, but... It's it's one of those interesting situations with him, and so I suppose that's actually the thing: is will we see what his ideal fit is long term over the next, or, or will he prove that he actually has a triple ideal fit essentially? Uh, you know, so look at there, like you know, and I, I just frankly I'm looking for looking forward to Luca doing one more year in Europe of Luca Doncic things essentially, because uh, you know it's, it might be the last year we have him, and I hope it's a great year. Yeah. Um... We'll come to the semifinal matchup in 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 a couple of minutes. Let, uh, in the in the preview that I ended up writing, um, I argued that the four quarterfinals of the four quarterfinalists, you could you could kind of actually be surprised that three of them are actually in the final eight. Um, Italy, 
you know, when they lost Gallinari, you had four, f- five guys who were making their debut. Russia, um, really not on anybody's radar. Um, and in Greece, uh, losing their, you know, really ultimate leader, um, just an absolute superstar a couple weeks before, uh, maybe even closer than a couple weeks, uh, with Ante Kunkobo, uh, going out. And then Serbia, obviously you could, you know, say they could have been uh, knocked off here or there just with the guys that they don't have here. Um, those matchups are tonight. You have Greece and Russia, and then you have Italy, Serbia. Uh, a couple of the talking points that you have, obviously people are going to be, you know, some people have already, you know, watched the games uh, by the time they're listening to this. And so, you know, you know, don't don't really want too much analysis of a game that they would ever have already watched. But, you know, maybe uh, it's just some of the things that you're kind of uh, you're kind of uh, looking forward to in, in these two games tonight, Greece, Russia, Italy, uh, Italy, Serbia. Uh, you know, Greece uh, is the obvious one. Is what Greece is the real one, the one that beat Lat- Lat- Lithuania, or the one that played the group stage? And I think we'll get a clear answer against from that against Russia. Uh, with Russia, it's like you know, can Moskov, you know, do Moskov things against a pretty weak interior for Greece? So, like you know, I think one of those, two, you know, the, the between all of that. Uh, you know, people listening to this to the game will have worked out like what actually happened. Uh, you know, obviously, the other guys from Russia are going to be interesting as well, like how the Kurbanovs, Devarinsevichs, the the guys who don't get lines essentially, how they perform. Like you know, because if it ends up being a Russia win, they're going to be really important for the semi-final. Uh, in the other game, Italy and uh, Serbia, like Italy, it's a case of was that a one-off hot performance or not, or has Messina got a plan? And with Serbia, it's almost a similar situation: is have they found an offensive option on the outside, or really just outside three feet away from the rim? Sorry, Bogdan Bogdanovic, because like Boban Marjanovic is great for getting you the like you know feed the Bobanator and he will score, but like it gets dreadfully predictable. So if Serbia managed to win in a way which isn't that awful, I think they really you know do some do some damage against anyone going forward, but. Yeah, Italy, it's a case of, you know, have they got the consistency really required to actually win a medal? Because their third quarter final, the three Euro baskets, uh, they went out limply in 2013. I think it's, it's uh, 2013, yeah. I think it's fair to say. 2015, they lost a not great game against Lithuania. And, uh, you know, it was a case of, well, we were proven wrong. I assume the winner of that game is going to go out the next round, as it turned out. The way you beat Serbia, uh, but like you know, you kind of go and have a can can or even Cena make Italy great again, and uh, it last uh, time really with Italy, like you know. So there's a lot there, and obviously the other thing I'm looking forward to tonight, really, to be honest, is if Italy lose, uh, this is definitely one which will make which makes sense for people listening afterwards. Oh, Messina at the World Cup qualifier, uh, you know, given it's his last time, uh, you know, because I'm pretty certain he will have said something if Italy have lost by the time people listen to this that will, you know, definitely annoy a few people. Um, Italy was in my group, so, um, you know, I can talk a little bit more about Italy. You saw them play Finland. You know, Finland was uh, a darling up at home in, in Helsinki. With the with the crazed fans up there, um, with that having been your first up close look at at Italy, what did you think of them? 
I thought their game plan was great, uh, to be honest, in that one. But just the whole, let's make lots of shots, that's an obvious, you know, let's let's stop that word in every game. But, like, they, they, they realized what marketing brought for Finland as as that spark. They put Nick Melly on him, and Nick Melly just grown man to him, basically. There was never a chance for marketing in this game. Melly went after him. It was clearly planned to, like, sort of have him match marketing for minutes while the game was so competitive. And when Italy did that, like, sort of, you know, it really took sort of the the hope out of the Finnish side because, like, you know, they they dealt with some bombardments before in terms of scoring from other teams, but they knew they had, like, the guy you could, like, lead a fight back. And here he was just being crushed. And, you know, I think that was, that was what really impressed me Italy was, like, Messina had a plan to deal with the counter-attack uh, from Finland. And, you know, of course, obviously, Mitchell Messina is a really good coach. But, like, I think it was just how well they executed that plan uh, stood out because, you know, this isn't a great Italy side by any stretch. Like, you've got, like, you know, Natomi, you've got Bellinelli. Uh, but, you know, Canary managed to injure himself in the dumbest way possible. And, uh, like, Nick Melli is a great player, but he's not fully fit. So you've got a lot of, you know, role guys out there who are just, like, you know, carry, you know, look, make sure everything's okay for the other three guys. So I suppose what I'm going to Italy in the one game I saw them was execute plan, uh, which I, my understanding was, having not seen much of them at all, obviously in the group stage was, they weren't very good at executing the plan. Although I'm sure you can expand on that. I, I, I really enjoy this team. This Italian team. It was it was funny because when I, you know, I was one of the quote experts to write the opinions uh, of um, you know before the tournament for the for the website, you know, favorite, you know, who's going to win it, MVP, and all that other stuff, and um, and they were looking for dark horse, and I had actually, and then there was another one for uh, what was it called? It was called um, Thank You for Coming, but not this year. And originally, I had Greece as my dark horse um and then i ended up uh having and then i was going to put italy down in the thanks for coming this year uh but then i thought about you know you don't have gallinari who's who's you know he's kind of a diva um so you don't have to deal with that personality and and then you have all of these role players who just you know want to just help as much as you can and and really two really one of your top trio guys well you go core four i'll say you know melly is you know so team oriented to do anything that the team needs and then even hackett i don't i can't remember exactly how he played against italy because i didn't really you know watch that much of a game but but hackett was phenomenal and really just you know doesn't care about scoring played good defense rebounded the ball really well from the guard position and and, and really dished out the ball and so you had two really team oriented guys and then you had the two guys who could just score, you know, in Mel, in Bellinelli and Datome. Um and so you knew those guys would come, you know, Ardori would do a little bit and Cassine would do a little bit and but the 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 key was maybe to get some contributions from from a couple of those guys who have never played before, you know, Filoy won the Italian championship with uh with Venice with with Venice. He's been fantastic, um, and uh, the Argentinian-born and Belica, uh, you know, gives them a little bit of athleticism that they don't have otherwise. Um, so, and you know, there's going to be a, a great game plan with, with with Messina. So this team has really been fun for me, um, and and I ended up putting them into the dark horse, and I ended up putting 
Greece into the thank you for coming this time. I had him coming to this game, and then probably that would be it. Um, if 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 Antetokounmpo is here, then I could say you know okay, you can s- say you expect to go even another step, but because he's not here, uh, I think you might be lacking that 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 last guy. Um, I want to ask about Russia because, you know, they have actually, and I saw you, I did a piece on him. Um, uh, actually one of my, one of my absolute favorite players and probably in my eyes, one of the most underrated basketball players in all of European basketball, uh, Um, you know, you had Russia in your group. Um, so first of all, maybe, you know, talk a little bit, of, you know, a little bit more about this team, what, what you really like about it. And then, and then. Go ahead and tell me a little bit about uh, what it's been like dealing with uh, with Coach so, um, the whole the whole time here. You know he's so much fun in the press conferences, and um, you know if, to me the word I have for 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 the Russian coach Barasovic is refreshing. Um, so go on and on Russia a little bit if you want. Well, I had written them off entirely for this tournament, like you know harder than most. I figured their best situation was, like, you know, fighting with Belgium for the last uh, spot in the knockout rounds, honestly, uh, because the last couple of tournaments we'd seen pretty little Russian size, and it wasn't the rosters, you know, were all at the water, that they had the, you know, basically no focus. And uh, I think that's what we've sort of seen here, is that, like, Russia has that discipline, that focus, which, you know, the talent on the floor should really be delivered because you've got these, you know, guys who are sort of doing their jobs. Like, you've got, in my mind, three NBA great talents. Obviously, Alexi Shred, you know, has played in the NBA, Timothy Mozgov, and I'd put Kurpinov in there as being a great guy myself. But, you know, it's like, you look at them and you're kind of going, They've just never been able to bring it all together, essentially. And this week, in part, you know, many respects they have, like this week and a half, sorry, because, you know, obviously part of it is down to having those really, really sweet uh, gold numbers and uh, trims on their jerseys because you also play well when you're you're dressed like that. Uh, You know, it's like much respect on on the stylist. But, like, the other part is, fundamentally, it does come back to Bazare, which is that, he knows how to adjust. He knows how to, like, sort of, you know, keep things flowing. And he knows how to keep guys happy. Like, Sved has bought into having all these role guys around him because, like, you know, Sved, is a, he's a ball hog. He's going to have a lot of touches. But he's also getting an awful lot of assists. Like, it isn't just usual Sved hero ball. He's working with the guys around him. I think part of that comes back to the Shetska guys being used to a mad genius in a dosage being wisdom. If they can handle me, they can handle Alexi. Uh, you know, it's a different type of mad genius, obviously, but it's sort of you know, you know, the the Fridzons of Arn Savage, just the Kurbanovs. They're used to ha- what they have, what they have on their hands, and so you know, it's a case of. And I think Sveds realized that, and uh, that's you know, what's, what's amazing for me with Sved is how quiet he is when he comes off the court because the way he plays on the floor you assume he's going to be mr you know uh you know either rude to the press or just big head talkers to the press one or the other uh and instead he's very very polite and quiet and very very you know you know uh gracious for everything and it's just not the guy we see on the floor at all it's very funny for me for that respect uh like uh i'll get on to barzarevich before i get to andre briefly because barzarevich has been great uh both in the press conferences and just in his performances like he's had some games to really really test himself 
Fixer Richa, the Turkey coach, uh, while Turkey didn't, you know, went down in the last 16, went 2 3 in the group stage. Like, Sarita pitched some absolute gems as a coach with a very uh, mediocre side. He kept on making the up as a number have to have to change what he was doing. Bazarevich lived with him better than anyone, I think, in that respect, like better than Latvia and better than uh, better than Serbia. Uh, you know, and so, and you saw that again when, like, he went up against Serbia and he just completely schooled Georgia, which, I mean, it wasn't close in terms of, like, the coaching matchup, in terms of the switches. Like, Latvia was the one who was able to take him down. That was essentially... Blunt force trauma from Kristaps and Davis, uh, mostly Kristaps, as could be said. Like we're a lot, they found uh, he just didn't have an answer. So he's been great. Like the, the but like yeah, refreshing the term for his press conferences uh, because he's coming in and like you know he's having a bit of crack. Like now, uh, you know his name being gone wrong at one stage probably helped a bit because uh, I think you know, the media stumblings and the the Phoebe guy stumblings have probably helped him get into his funny zone because obviously Seamus Baron-Eskos inadvertently uh, called him a legend of a coach and he was trying to say a legend of a player the day before the uh, you know, forgotten the name of his name but it's like the, the, the Fever guy it called him the wrong name because well actually no I'm about to rage but it's, it's, it's okay uh, like he's just been having the crack like up there and I suppose when you've got like you know a bunch of largely unselfish guys out there it, it's easier to relax because like that's the thing with Varun Savage is that he's just you know functional uh, effective, you know, competitor who's much more about just making sure, you know, he gets his job done, then gets the touches, who happens to also have a really, really good three ball. And just this you know, type of thing where he'll make the space, he'll close down guys, he'll like, you know, he'll do all the dirty jobs which don't wreck up the beautiful stats, but like, you know, he will still be brutally effective at what he does and tire out opponents essentially and make space for other other guys to get shots. And then, like, you know, out of nowhere, like, sort of, he'll just be open for three and he'll usually nail it. So that's, you know, we've got a guy like that. that and there's a few of them like that out there. Like, Kerbinoff, not known as much as a shooter, but again, like, you know, what he can do out there, there's not a lot of guys in the world who can do it. You've got Fridzon, who, uh, you know, again, his able, ability to, to function with his Fed, because he's been able to function with him most, uh, definitely helps. Like, there's a lot of guys out there who just are getting jobs done like you know and even Kulagin brings that spark of energy to that side as well and you know it'll be it'll be fun if he gets out of Russia ever at some point to a to a, to a club like unfortunately I say he's a chess command for life but like uh, I'd like to see him play for you know a side where he gets a, a more prominent role to be honest uh, but yeah like there's a lot to like with this Russian side mostly it's come down to cohesiveness they've got that discipline they've got that focus and it's what I think we hadn't seen from Russia since the 2012 Olympic team. Yeah, um, it's the games that I have watched. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch all the games from from all the teams, but it's always been really fun to uh, to take uh, to take the Russian games in. Uh, besides, also the press conferences. Why don't we uh, go to the semifinal then that we know? Um, let's kind of leave Greece and, and Serbia since, you know, like we said, it's going to be the games um, and tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to get your opinion of Italy and I wanted to hear your opinion uh, of, 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 of Russia. Um, Slovenia, um, you know, Slovenia against against Spain, you know, two undefeated teams, you know, the the absolute favorite, and then the you know one of the one of the legit uh, dark horse candidates, uh, maybe a key or two you see 
in this in this game, um, how you see it shaking down um, Thursday night in Istanbul? Well, the first thing with Slovenia is, for all they've done so far, they still need absolutely break out of their way in this game. And that's going to be critical because, you know, they need Goran to be on from the start. They need uh, Luka to be on from the start. They need Gasser Vidmer to stay out of foul trouble. They need Prepolic, Kanchar, everybody else to just find ways to win their personal battles. And that's not going to be easy. That said, Spain, if they start the way they started, both against Turkey and against Germany, Slovenia could put them in a big, big hole pretty early. So will we see Spain be Spain finally? Have we finally found an opponent that will drag that performance out of Spain that we kind of wanted to see here in Istanbul? I still think Spain win, and I think they win reasonably clear-cut in the end. But Slovenia definitely have a shot here, which if you'd said that to me, you know, uh, you know, before the tournament started, I said, ah, if they play, they'll give them a good game. I hope for the best. But I wouldn't have said they had a chance. They have a chance. They need a lot of breaks to go their way. And it even goes down to the refs, which I know there has been a talking point there at this tournament, with good cause, by the way. Like, the Phoebe Yearly dispute is a massive nuisance here uh, because, you know, it's, it's, it's shallowing the pool, essentially. And uh, we need to not see too many tees. We need to see guys who matter not get in foul trouble. And we need to hope the referees just swallow the whistles in large part. Because if that happens, I think we get a, a good game, no matter what the scoreline. And I'm going with Spain because it's hard to just go against Spain in any possible matchup in this tournament. But I have a lot more hope for Slovenia now than I had even before the round of 16. Yeah, it it's definitely hard to go against Spain. Um, uh, I can imagine that the Hernan Gomez brothers uh, maybe do a little bit more than they did in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, Pau, uh, you know, probably having you know, Mark a little bit less, I think, is going to have a little less production than he did, obviously, uh, yesterday. Uh, and to me, it's, it's really, you know, whether or not those um, – those uh, Spanish guards can can slow down Dragic and Doncic. I mean, that's uh, and 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 if Slovenia can, let's say, limit the damage that the Spanish bigs can do, you know, um, you know, Vidmar, like you said, you know, being able to to stay on the court as much as he can, you know, if they get him in foul trouble early and they're trying and you're relying on on the on the, uh, the 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 rest of the the bigs from from Slovenia, that might be uh, a it might be a big problem. Um, they're you know they don't really have a lot of production coming up you know from the bigs. You know, okay, Randolph, you know, is going to have to uh, play pretty big too. Uh, but you know, take away take away him, you know, take away those two guys, and there's really you know not loads uh, there. In the uh, you know you're, you're not wanting to have to rely too much on on Dimech and and uh, Zagarac you know uh, in order to in order to win games. So to me, it really seems what you know the if if Spain can slow down uh, Dragic and Doncic, and then uh, and then whether or not Vidmar 
and Randolph can kind of stay in foul trouble and, you know, get, you know, get it, get the, uh, limit the damage from, from the bigs. So it seems to me, um, how, how, how much of a surprise would it be if Slovenia were to win this game in your eyes? I think what's, it would still be pretty big. Like it wouldn't be the monumental shock we've said a couple of days ago, Yeah. but I think it would definitely be pretty big. Yeah. Uh, semifinals. Let's say, who would be your favorite to to reach the 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 title game on uh, on Sunday? I'd imagine you're going to say Serbia, but uh, I'll, I'll let you say it yourself then. Serbia, bus. If I I wouldn't be surprised if people listen to this, I've already been proven wrong. <laughs> So you're saying? So Ser- I think that's a lot. Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. saying Serbia, but I'm also saying that that side is very competitive. To be honest, I can see any of them. Exactly. Like yeah, like you know, Serbia to me is the best of them, but entirely plausible any of the four. Entirely plausible. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them make the final. Be be you know, you know, Greece with with the with the the winners that they have on that team. You know, and and they're sort of playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder now. I think now as well, you know, uh, expectations on you know are lower without uh, Antic and Combo, and you know they finished fourth in the group, and um, and now you know you take down a big big uh, a big giant like Lithuania, who were playing you know pretty solid basketball, and you take them down, and you know the expectations still aren't really high, and you know. I, I love the 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 selflessness of the Russian team. You know, you can say the same thing about the Italian team. So, and and Serbia is just you know super talented. So I just uh, I, I I'm really looking forward to to these two games tonight, man. I I, I think that Russia, I think that Greece Russia game is is going to be fantastic. I really do. Um, uh, you know, Slukas is not going to let uh, Slukas Bruces. You know, they're not going to let this uh, and Kalatas. They're not going to let this this be a blowout. And you know, they're gonna they're gonna you know bulldog it uh, uh, if it you know if it if it gets down and 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 dirty and ugly. You know, those guys are. I'm you know I'm really happy that Slukas is playing so well because you know Slukas. Um, you know, I, I think kind of gets uh, kind of gets. Um, I think I say he's underrated at all, uh, but you know, not 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 everybody talks about Slukas. You know, he was on those 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 uh, Olympiacos teams, um, and and everybody talks about everybody else, but you know, kind of overshadowed. And but you know, he he's he's he, he broke away, and and then one was Fenerbahce, you know, and so it's, um, but there's there's so many so many winners on that team, and and uh, so I think that's gonna be a great game. And Italy, you know, if Italy can hit their shots, um. You know, and and if they stick to game plan, totally, I could see them. Which is funny because every you know being being in in their group or you know them being in, in in my group, you know all the Italian journalists came to Tel Aviv saying, you know, oh <laughs> this team sucks, and you know we're not even going to beat uh, Israel in the first game, and and uh, you know and uh, and here we are, you know, talking that they, in theory they could go to the to the final. So um, let's. Highlights for you so far. You know, this is. Uh, I'm not gonna say. Let's say probably what your fourth, 
third Eurobasket, fourth Eurobasket? Uh, only my second in person, actually. But ah, if you're going person. for, yeah, it's like I've been I've been watching for like well, I was a very young man. As the Serbian journalists are always fond of pointing out, my conversion moment was Georgia was just shot against Croatia in a seven uh, to being mad about it. Uh, but uh, I covered I covered 2013 remote from Dublin, which is actually, to be honest, there is that upside with remote co- with remotely covering is that you can jump between games during the group stage, which mm-hmm. uh, does make life an awful lot easier. Uh, and uh, so obviously, the up, up close to players, but like uh, yeah, no, in, a, in an ideal world, I'd have a second body, uh, you know, based in Dublin, just like you know during the group stage. But such is life. My highlights, I suppose, uh, sort of turned out to me. Obviously, you mentioned Doncic already. I don't want to go into too much detail over him. For me, it's going to get his medal shot as a big highlight, uh, for sure. Um, Hungary and Ukraine overcoming the odds uh, have been huge for me individually. Uh, obviously, like Larry. But if you want to focus on things I've actually seen, I suppose Turkey's three amigos like Shedi Osman, Kenan Sapahi, Furkan Korkmaz. Yeah. Uh, you know, sh- 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 giving that like sort of boost to the next generation there. Gabe Olasani, obviously for GB, really showing he belongs to me. Euro Cup level uh, performance uh, here in Istanbul. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, Russia, we've already been over. Like, you know, there's a lot I like there and uh, with good cause. Serbia, um, I suppose Kuzmic uh, defensively, you know, keeping his head together because of tandeming with Boban is an unusual time when you're the defensive guy and Boban's the offensive guy. Uh, I think Kuzmic has, you know, kept it together pretty well there. And uh, besides that, I think that the in-person highlights, that, that's definitely up there. Uh, and obviously the food in Katakoi was great. Uh, that's, a, that's been a huge highlight for me personally, David. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned it a couple, couple minutes ago and... and, and um... The refereeing, how much of a problem do you think it actually actually is? The, the, so if if we had all of the quote best referees here, um, I'm sure there'd be calls that people would be complaining about anyhow. No, there will be, but the, the thing is, most of the players on the floor are yearly players. At the, at the, in the games that matter, sorry, in the games that matter, most players on the mm-hmm. floor are yearly players. They have a relationship of sorts with their referees already. So those are reasons. Don't get me wrong; there's certainly bad calls, but I think the on-court communication between players perhaps, would be better. I think sort of the the referees as well would, frankly, know when to swallow the whistle a bit more because they know what they should be watching out for. Well, I think you know it's like I, I it's like uh, it is amusing that like Luigi Malamonic is being lamented here, like you know, lack of him at this tournament. Uh, but I think as well, like, you've you've seen a lot of the referees who aren't used to refereeing this region. Like what players expect and what players don't expect, it does stand out like that there is that like sort of lack of awareness in, in you know many respects. So that's definitely an issue here. Uh, I and I think frankly it's the relationship factor above all else. That like you know when you work with a referee, like you, you are both going to a job. You might be you know you're the competitor, he's the official. Like I think you build up that rapport over time, and uh, you know sort of there's that respect, that understanding, which I think does lack and it does make a difference because you have to remember these are guys or these are you know people out there uh, so i think that's the effect of it all uh, above the individual calls uh, you know because when you've got that understanding i think it can lead to much smoother basketball fair point fair point uh it's you know the the relationship between the players and the and the referees is you know it, you know there there is a uh, there is an understanding there you know, when you see a guy, 
you know, over the season and stuff like that. You know, it obviously doesn't really impact the NBA guys since they have, you know, uh, different referees uh, in their own regard. But, uh, you know, fair. it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, all right. Um, I think with that... I uh, will uh, let you enjoy your last couple hours before heading uh, heading down to the uh, to the uh, Sinan Arden uh, Arena for the uh, sec the third and fourth quarterfinals. And uh, thank you very much for coming on. Um, if you if you haven't uh, if you haven't uh, been following uh, Emmett at Ball in Europe, Emmett, why don't you um, go ahead and and let people know where where. They can uh, read, watch, listen to all of your uh, wonderful work on this uh, game that we all love. Cheers. Well, the site, of course, balleneurope.com, where we have best described as extensive coverage of Europe. And uh, YouTube, our site is like YouTube slash balleneurope as well. Uh, you can find lots of videos from, from players post-game there. Uh, we're paratopping as well, which you can find via our Twitter account, which is also, of course, how you find us on Twitter. BIE underscore basketball. So, uh, lots of ways to interact with us, and uh, well, mostly me at this event. But we, you know, it's uh, been going great. And uh, thank you all for like all the attention you've given. And just to show Dave the final sort of mark before we go, I'm not going to give the actual number, uh, but how much interest there was in Slovenia, Latvia uh, by the third quarter midpoint of that day, uh, we had already recorded our most traffic in a single day for the year. Uh, so that tells you how much people cared about Slovenia versus Latvia. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, it's a huge game, you know, big stars, everything else. Um, Emmett, uh, third third time on the show, episode 54 and episode 187. So if you want to go back and uh, listen to the archives, uh, uh, go back to 54 and 187. Emmett, uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your uh, enjoy your baklava and uh, Turkish coffee. Uh, you have a couple more days there, and um, yeah, enjoy it. So I'm out. Have a good one, Dave. Cheers. Okay, so you know, great uh, stuff by Emmett. Go go read his um, go read his material. Uh, loads of places. Uh, read or watch, uh, not just read. Go watch his his uh, material as well. Uh, loads of uh, stuff. And, uh, you know, this is one of his big babies right now. Obviously, uh, the uh, Eurobasket uh, gives him loads of uh, material to write about. So uh, go check out uh, his stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, probably the, the the main sort of disappointment, if you will, that, that of me not being in, in Istanbul right now was is not being able to, to watch uh, Doncic and Porzingas probably would have been pretty cool to see the Turks as well. You know, he, uh, Emmett mentioned the 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 young trio of uh, Sepahi, Osman, and and Korkmaz. That would have been pretty cool to to take in as well. And uh, but uh, yeah, just and and also then uh, the the Russian coach um, uh, Bazarevich, you know, would have been fun to 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 uh, sort of interact with him a little bit. But uh, like I said at the beginning, you know, it is it is nice to be home and, and taking in the games from uh, the comforts of home. So uh, without further ado, just let you know what you're going to be listening to. And uh, and then we'll let you uh, head on to the rest of your day. Uh, the song is called What It Takes to Love You. And it's by Small Tall Order. It's available on freemusicarchive.org. Go check out 
all the great music there. So we will talk to you next week. Um, we'll have a, a European championship. We'll have a European champion. Um, we could even, I believe, ch check this really quick, but I think we even will have a... Mm, yes, we will have an African champion as well. Afro Basket is uh, going on right now. Today, uh, no, tomorrow are the, um, looks like, yes, tomorrow are all four quarterfinals. And then uh, Friday are the two semifinals. And Saturday are the uh, is the final and the third place game. So uh, go to livebasketball.tv, check out the, quarterfinals of afro baskets um and uh so obviously most of the big nations are still around in that one nigeria senegal angola big senegal angola matchup in the quarterfinals egypt is there tunisia is still there so uh some big you know some of the biggest nations uh mali's not around uh, they've um they couldn't get out of the out of the out of the group stage um so go check out uh, go check that out on uh, live basketball tv uh, probably talk a little bit about that next week um so without uh i'm not going to keep you around too much longer let you go uh and uh enjoy Got my arms and my legs Is that what it's gonna take to love you? Got my eyes and my ears Is that what it's gonna take to love you tonight? Got some preconceived notions About what it's gonna take to love you I got my head in the clouds Cause I'm about to love you So go home And play with me So go home And play with me Got my fingers and my toes Is that what it's gonna take to love you? My mind always knows I'm always gonna love you So go on And play with me So go on And play And all I wanted was this This is the only thing I'm missing All Wanted was this and I want you 
got my arms and my legs Is that what it's gonna take to love you? I've got my ass and my ears Is that what it's gonna take to love you? Tonight Hello, it's Furkan Korkmaz from Baumit. You are listening to Taking a Charge. <laughs> 